3: Hello, welcome back to the Villa View. It's time to talk transfers. We're here for the last hour of Deadline Day. Pretty standard Tuesday, by by all means, for for us. I think Villarreal haven't done very much, and I'm not expecting anything to happen in the final hour. This show is sponsored by Luke Roper. If you use the code TVV20, you're at 20% off everything Luke Roper have to offer, including their new Dapper Villain Rancher. Do go and check that out. Other codes are available, but I'd prefer it if you used us. I'm joined by Omar and Neil to see out the last hour. We've just in the Twitter spaces with tie. So, apologies if you are joining fresh from that. You're probably going to hear a few things that you've already heard from us. But if you weren't on the Twitter space, then you're going to hear some new information. How are we both? Good mate, Yeah, all good. Yeah. Words. Yeah, my we did we did one of these in the in the summer in the last hour, and I can't remember, I really can't remember what we would have possibly spoken about, because like this, absolutely nothing happened. I think we talked absolute nonsense for an hour from yeah, memory. Potentially that's what's going to happen here. It was talk, enjoyable though. It was enjoyable. Yeah, just... I, I'm, I'm, delir- I'm delirious at, at this point. I've, I've had so little sleep. It's not, not even funny, but it doesn't look like Villa are going are gonna to do anything. There's going to be no panic buys, there's going to be no buys of, of any sort. It's been a window really where it feels like Villa have kind of got their house in order in terms of Emery's been a little bit ruthless in, in getting rid of players who he just thinks aren't fit for purpose. So a lot of players have, have moved out. Only the two signings so far, Omar. But overall, are you are you comfy with the window?
0: Ish. Yeah, ish. I think um, I'm a lot more comfortable now with Traore coming back. And I'll explain my reasoning for that. But I think we were talking 24 hours ago. And I, I, I'm more disappointed than pleased, I would say. Um, just because I think, for me, I think it's a, it's a good opportunity Um An opportunity that I didn't think we'd have, obviously, when Gerald was here and when he left. The fact that we've won five games out of seven. The fact that we've got, apart from Man City and Arsenal, got a really good run of games on the horizon that we can pick up quite a few points and try and push ourselves up the table. I just felt like if we could have added another attacker, either a winger or a striker, just someone there in the final third to to give us a a hand, then I think it could have helped massively. So from that perspective, I'm disappointed. And also to hear the manager say that he wanted... Players, you know, he he talked about Sanson and Camber going out and bringing one back in, bringing a, another player in, and bringing someone in the forward areas. You know, he, he obviously wanted players there, and we haven't managed to get it. But January window is difficult, isn't it? We we all yeah. know it's a difficult window, and very rarely do, you know, everyone talks about Salah and Manday and players like that. I think who've who've gone in, done well in January windows, but you know, ninety-eight percent of players that are signed in a January window don't do well or you know don't go anywhere. So. Mm-hmm. It's always a difficult one. We, as we, you know, as you mentioned on the spaces, you know, we all saw what happened in January last year, and you know, we were all massively excited by that window, and look where we are now with those players. So, yeah, I, I understand the, I understand the the club's thinking. Um, I just wish you know we could have done something because more from more from an opportunity perspective, I think this, you know, we could have we could have really pushed on. Um, and always is not as a fan. It's always nice to be involved in deadline day, isn't it? I think that's part of being a football fan. If you can't enjoy a deadline day. And, you know, I, I know people on Twitter are all very pragmatic and, you know, trust Emory, trust the process, which I do, I do. But yeah, just, you've got to trust Emra. Yeah, but you got, I mean, so you're a football fan f- first and foremost, so you just want a bit of excitement more than anything else. Yeah,
3: I mean, I think I had nine days at Sky and every day I went in, every time I went in, I thought, maybe something will happen with Villa. Today. Literally, I think I've spent about 30 seconds talking about Villa across, across the nine days I was there. So, I, I mean, that- Neil, I, I walked in this morning and one of the first things I was told when I walked in at 6am was there was going to be a reporter at the, at the training ground, at Villa's training ground today. But in the end, we, we decided not to send one. I think we must have been the only club without any, anyone from Sky who was actually there today. So that probably told us at the start of the day that Villa weren't going to be particularly active. But I think it's key to say here, from what I've been told, if Emery had found a forward or a winger that, that he'd wanted that was that was gettable, the money would have been there. We We would have actioned that. We would have done it. Obviously, he hasn't found anyone that he that he was comfortable with bringing in in January, and has preferred to, to wait for the summer and, and maybe get a player that isn't available now, that is more his type of player in the summer. Not just get someone for the sake of it to be a body to be to fill a position that's a problem for us. He'd rather wait to the summer and get someone in who, who he's comfortable with that, that he wants to work with. So, in in a way, it's not very exciting to say, but I'm kind of content with that I'm, I'm like omar i think Troy already coming back people forget that he did have a good record in that lockdown season I, he's frustrating i'm not going to try and argue that for, for one second and i think him and bailey on the pitch at certain times could be one of the most frustrating things we see ever as as, as villa fans with the way they operate but you know so that is it we said we wanted to sort a winger we haven't done that but we have brought a kind of winger slash forward player back into into the fold when he when he's fit again so from that point of view I'm reasonably happy with that today.
1: Um. Yeah. I. I agree. I agree. And and, and as I said in the spaces, I think if you go, but so a lot of people are saying we're we're and, and and I think striker. Yes. I, I. I. There's no way of dressing up the pig here when you say that, you know, <clears> the <throat> Watkins gets injured. You're you're relying on a 19 year old guy who's come in who's only had half a season who's only had one season in in the MLS and look that is not ideal it certainly isn't you're then going down to the likes of Brad Young and um, obviously you're going to have Bailey so to bring in Bertrand Traoré in there somebody who's played up front played up front for Ajax played up front for Lyon. Um, you know, and and as play uh, knows the club, he's not going to be coming in here wondering who he's going to be working with. There's there's going to be people in the back room that he's going to know. He's going to know all the players there as well. So, um, I think when things weren't when it transpired, maybe that player X or player Y wasn't going to be coming from that striking point of view. Um, bringing back Bertrand Traore was obviously probably Plan C, D, E, F, or G. I don't know. But to bring him in there makes a small bit of sense. Now, to kind of just, just, just getting back to what you said there, you know, um, like they've brought... Ken Kessler-Hayden hasn't gone out on loan again. You know, so he's going to be with this squad again. Uh, so, you know, Bertrand Traore, Ken Kessler-Hayden, um, Moreno and, uh, and Duran are four additions. And as I said on the spaces you can discount Freddie Goodbear as being a subtraction because he never played and he was never yeah. going to play. I think, and I would go so far as to say you could discount Nakamba as being a subtraction because I don't think Emery would have played him in mm. his only as a massive last resort.
3: I can't think of a minute of a minute he's played this season. Nakamba. He hasn't.
1: And, no. that, that's, uh, and that is where I'm going to next, Daniel, my friend. That is where I'm going to next. So I saw this great tweet and I'm sorry to whoever put it out. I cannot quote you because I, for some strange reason, in the screenshot, I cut off your name. So I do apologize, but I saw this tweet and it says, excluding Ings, we've offloaded players with a cumulative 347 minutes out of 9,000 minutes this season. And if you include Nakamba, it would be 347 minutes out of 10,800 available minutes. That equates to 3.21% of the amount of minutes that we've played. If you add in Ings, it equates to 9.36%. So realistically, what that tweet is telling me is that, yes, we've gotten rid of numbers, but the actual amount of playing time that we're down is not an awful lot when you take in's out of the equation. So they weren't contributing. Bednarek, nobody wanted him. I think I might have been the only person who wanted to, went to Jan Bednarek to sign or could see the benefits towards him signing. Um, he never got a look in because we never got those injuries that, that we thought might have happened in the centre-half position. Um when he came in as cover for, for Diego Carlos. Looks like Carlos will be back mid-February, maybe end of February. So he's no longer needed, got no minutes. Sanson got a few minutes, but realistically speaking, he wasn't going to be in, in, in people's thoughts. And then as we say, Nakamba and uh, Gilbert were two people that weren't going to be there either. Cameron Archer. It Cameron Archer, I have no problem with Cameron Archer going out alone, even though we're we're lacking a striker, because he's gonna do untold damage in the championship if last weekend there's anything to go by. Yeah. So that's worth more to us to have him getting game time than being here just in case we get an injury. Now that's going to go back to bite me, I think. But still, it's, uh, it, it makes sense, you know.
3: Thanks it for that now. All, all, our, all our centre-halves going off injured at the weekend. <laughs> no, that's very much for that. <laughs> um, just on just a bit more on, on Triora, right? because I think that's taken people by surprise a little bit today. Yeah. At the end of the day... Emery has been really ruthless with players that he's decided that he doesn't want. So if Emery didn't think there was anything there and he couldn't get anything out of him, we'd have just left trial row areas. There's absolutely no way we, we would have called him back. I think potentially he's been back back in the building anyway to look yeah. at his injury. So maybe that's helped that he's been in, been in around the building. Maybe he's had some conversations with Emery. That's me, purely speculating. You know, he cost us £20 million. Pounds. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, a, that's, that's a lot of money. You can't yeah. just go around just write, writing that money off because he didn't fit in with, with, with the last manager. Troy oh. may well fit in with, with what Emory's trying to do. He may well, be, we know what a good coach Emory is. And sometimes you watch Troy Ore, maybe that's what he was lacking a little bit. Maybe that a bit of a bit of one-on-one coaching, a bit of elite level coaching. We've seen already the improvement in the players that are already there. Hmm. There's no reason why Troy Ore won't improve. And as I mentioned before, his output actually in that one season, in the lockdown season, was pretty good. Yeah, I'm a big Troy
0: fan. I've always, always had been. I think he was unfairly treated. Um, and sidelined by Gerard just because he didn't fit his system, and um, you know he gets he gets criticism because of um, two things: inconsistency and work rate. I think the inconsistency point is a moot point because twenty million pound winger is always going to be inconsistent. I, I just, I just you know unless you the the most consistent wingers are worth eighty to hundred million pounds because they you know they they produce week in week out and play for the top elite clubs. Anyone else is always going to have bad games, and and in a position where you're asking a player to take a man on, to produce a moment of magic, to you know have skill, to have pace, um, in, there's always going to be. It's not like midfield where you have to recycle the ball and make a tackle. You know, it's it's a it's a, a higher skill level in in that respect, a different skill level, but a higher skill level to take a man on with pace or trickery. So there's always going to be um, there's always going to be games where it doesn't work out. You know, we've seen with Bailey. Um, but the most important thing for a winger, for me, is um, how good they are in sort of the build-up of the play, but also their output. And I think Chouaré, we've seen time and time again that he he can hold onto the ball yeah, and he can build, help build the play up. He comes into the central positions quite often, um, and you know he's he's a big lad. He's strong. Um, he's got play with... up top. I think. Yeah, yeah, no, I yeah. yeah. yeah he'll I, play I, as one I, of th- I think, think that's where I think I think he's a Leon Bailey alternative for me. Yeah, um, in that position that Leon Bailey's playing, which is sort of up front but then drifting out wide at, at times. And I think that's where he can play. And you know, he's played there, as, as Neil mentioned, he's played up front. Um, he started playing up front before, really. Um and, and has done well there. I think he did well there under AX especially for AX especially. Um and you know, he scored was seven goals, six six assists, I think it was in that in that season, something like that. You know, if if you said to if if you said to a villa fan now we're gonna be buying a player who uh you know who got seven seven goals, six assists two years ago, but then has had a you know bad injury record and then is working his way back. Most of the fans would be, you know, thinking on the upside of that and thinking, well, you know, this this guy could maybe rekindle that form and come back. But the fact is, Bertrand Traore, people see it differently. But he's not. He's never going to be. I don't think he's going to be a starter. He's going to be an option from the cool. bench and an option we haven't had. We haven't had, uh, we yeah, haven't we had any, that. We've had no width on the bench. You know, Coutinho. Uh, I think has worked hard as we've talked about before on the, on the podcast. Uh, but he's still struggling for those, those ultimately those goal contributions. So. And he's, again, he's not a winger. Buendia's not really a winger, but they can play from the right. Having Torre gives us that option and gives someone else to play up front or out wide if we need to. So I think it's a it's a bit of a no-brainer, really. Something I didn't think about before it happened. No, no way was I thinking we were going to get Torre back in, but now it's happened. And As long as he's fit, obviously, that's the thing that we're not, we're not sure about. And I think it's a, it's a smart move. If we, if we can't find anyone, we can't bring anyone in, then I think it's a sensible sensible move, definitely.
3: Yeah, looking at the comments, I don't know how true this is, but someone called Dan, great name, saying apparently Emery tried to sign trial rap for Villarreal when he when he was in France. So I don't right. know. Obviously, that's p- pure speculation. I, I don't know. I don't know how true how true that is. I'm going with what with what Dan says. But if that's true, then that's a another encouraging sign. Now the main the main one that we've all been talking about most of the window was was Gwendaus. You know, Villa definitely. Want Gwendoza? Mm. Perhaps he's too expensive for January and, inf- and inflated as often happens with, with players in January. A player that Emery's worked with before, as I've said, it sounds like Emery's happy to wait till the summer to shape the squad a little bit more in terms of incomings and getting the players that he thinks are top quality and are really going to be able to deal with the way he works and improve the side. Would you be happy with him coming, coming in the summer waiting for him rather than just getting someone in? Now, because another thing I was thinking about earlier, I'm signing Den Dendonka and I'm not knocking Den Dendonka at all. He was like a last, relatively last-minute signing. We signed him. Manager didn't have any need for him in what in what he was trying to do. Gerard Dendoncker came in. It was like you forgot he was there because he was just simply ne- never used. He was like a last-minute cover panic boy at the time. And he's had some good games for us. Dendoncker since Gerard's left. I mean, that's what happens if you don't get a player in that the manager wants. It's almost pointless getting in someone in for the sake of it because they're not going to use it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, I think so. And and I think that's where the.
1: I, I think there's it, look. It could be a foolish pragma- pragmatism as well, and, and and I'm okay with people thinking that. But I think it's pragmatic in 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 the sense of
3: you. You sound uh, like Gerard using that word.
1: Uh, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> Don't, come
0: that's here, harsh. Mommy. That's yeah. right. Said, that's what, well, that was well, well, Gerard's it was favorite French word. That he used all the time. Only, only after we drew with Man City, then he's he trying pragmatic. To it it every week.
3: you you used these other buzz terms. I heard you say a "moment of magic" earlier on. In, earlier on in, the, in, in the show. did I? One, one of you said "moment <laughs> of, <laughs> moment of oh, magic." Yes, that was the me. The that Steve and buzz terms best. have come yeah. out in this podcast yeah. so far.
1: Oh my god! Yeah, the goes to the goes to transfer windows past. Um, but uh, yeah, look, I think that that's I think from a financial point of view, that's where where it came in. You know, we've wasted, We how many times have after Stevenage, after that Stevenage game, and sorry for anybody who's got PTSD about Stevenage to bring it back up again. But after Stevenage, there was there was a, a cacophony, a chorus of these players aren't good enough. We've wasted money. We need to get players out of the club and we need to replace them. We've gotten rid of some players that played against Stevenage and maybe some, some that didn't. And you know, I, I think it's it's about building the quality from there on in. And as as a couple of people have said there, um, you know the the sorry as you said there about Guendouzi, I think it's no secret that we were really really heavy on Guendouzi, and and I do think he comes back to the Premier League and he comes to us in 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 the the, the, the yeah. summer transfer window. Um, I'd imagine it's more or less just all been done. Only Marseille said, listen, we're having a real crack off off league on this season. We may not catch uh, PSG at the top, but we're going to give it a good run. And just like when left for left on a free and came to Aston Villa last season, after Marseille finished, I think it was third, was it second or third? I think that Marseille would gladly accept the money but um but on their terms because they've probably already spent that money on the likes of Onari or what however you pronounce his name and the guy Vitinha that they've just brought in the striker did they, they get him in brought, the end they got him, they yeah, him in the
3: yeah, end because yeah. that was the one that was speculated i don't know how true it was that was one I, that, that was speculated earlier
1: i wonder was there a case of Aston Villa going you guys better give us Cindusi in the summer, or we're going to bid on Vitinha and 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 we're going to absolutely blow you out of the water. So I wonder, have they just have they spent that money already? But look, Marseille are no mugs either. They've been recently sold, and they they've got decent money behind them too. Yeah, they've spent they've
3: spent some good money in January.
1: They have, yeah, and like they still have the likes of, I think Alexis Sanchez is even playing there. So they're yeah, not you've... exactly paying him chump cheese either there. So so from that point of view, I think Gunduzi is definitely a goer in the summer. And I think that we've ident- done a lot more identification of, of where, we need to, where we need to strengthen. And as I say, uh, or as you guys have said there, uh, we have wasted some money in, in transfer windows past. And, uh, and someone actually mentioned there in the comments, and I've been doing a little bit of, of mathematics which is always dangerous to me because it I'm concerns very... me
3: when you when, when you say things like that
1: yeah yeah it's, it's so somebody was talking about the amount of wages that we may have signed now saved now i am using a highly wild um uh web called capology people reference it it's the only point of reference we have for people's for people's uh people's
3: wages at the moment so if you use capology I, I, i've never heard of it you'll be shocked to shocked to learn
1: Capology and Sport and SpotRack are the two that have that, that run with um Premier League wages. And when you look at the two of those, what we've saved is roughly so we've saved about 820k per
0: month
1: wow. in wages. That's including obviously um wow. they've got Moreno in there at 70k per week. And I have estimated that John Duran is in is about 30k per week. He could be a lot higher, but I wouldn't imagine he's much higher than that. 820k per month. Is, is it would be a saving now when you look at Aston Villa's overall wage budget? of I think it's just I think it's 105 million per year this season, and um, you know, that's not a bad saving on players that weren't getting any game time. Albeit, we have Danny Ings there, like Danny Ings apparently was on 120, Bednarak on 60, Sanson 45, Gulbert on 30, Nicamba on 30, and Augustinson on 20. Comes to 305,000 per week, eight hundred and twenty per month. And as I say, they're very rudimentary maths. And I don't It Sounds I don't about right. It, it sounds about right, but I, I I wouldn't trust those numbers as gospel. But still, if you were to save that like eight hundred and twenty K per month for six months when those guys like I I've said I don't think we'd see any time given Moreno has now come in. Nakamba wasn't seeing any time. Good bear wasn't seeing any time. Bednarek wasn't seeing any time. You know, so you've made a healthy saving and 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 I don't want to Say that they're dead wood, but there were people that didn't know. wasn't going to play.
3: I think the, the big thing I'm is look at where those players have gone. And a has gone to Luton. <laughs> mm-hmm. and I'm not being disrespectful to Nakamba, or to, well, I suppose I am a little bit. I'm not. I'm not meaning to be disrespectful to Luton or Nakamba. But if that's the cl- kind of club that that that's signing him, that that that's not a loss in, in my opinion. No, it's not at all. No. Um, uh, the only, like I said, the only the only
0: position I'm concerned about is up front that's it I yeah. think everything yeah. else I completely, you agree with yeah. I completely agree with Neil uh, I think they're not big players that we're missing getting the wages off the off the wage pool is important what happens in the summer obviously some of these players will still be still be here so I think that's another it's still it's a short-term fix six-month fix some of these players will still be here in the summer so we still need to get rid somehow but yeah I, I, I think just up front that's it and even then you know if Watkins stays fit Duran does well then who knows yeah I th- I think big, big so. with
3: Watkins I think we've got to really as as fans really got to get behind Ollie and, uh, and back him I think he's been good since em- Emery's coming in fairness I, I don't think he uh, he's missed chances. I'm not disputing that for one second I don't think he's anywhere near as bad as some as some people make out in no. my opinion and I think he yeah. offers a lot a lot that really help us go, going forward but it's, it's important now isn't it that we get behind him and back him because oh, yeah. he is he is that senior striker he, yeah. He's there when he plays every week. So we've got to yeah. get behind him and he'll thrive on that. If we get yeah, behind definitely. him, that'll, that'll give him a boost. And I really think that will help him. He's that kind of player. I think he's been excellent there, Marie. I really do. I
0: think um, his all-round game, what he's brought to the team, not just goals. Obviously, goals could be better, definitely. And and he does need to improve his finishing. But you know he's, he's set up quite a few chances. You look at the look at all the stats around expected assists and, um, you know, Goal contributions, etc. He's right up there. So, I think from that perspective, you can't argue with him. And the way that we're playing, we're sharing the goals around. I think he's a vital, vital player. If he if he doesn't play, he's injured. We,
3: we really struggle. Yeah. Um, and that's well, why we were, we're a really... much worse side without him, yeah. much worse, in my opinion. I'll be
0: back. I'll be back one second. I think I've been summoned. Give okay. me one
3: second. <laughs> Who by? My wife, I think. Oh, so okay. the kids got Maybe she's going to provide you with some transfer news. Maybe something's yes. happened and she's always oh, gone. He's gone. Just me. <laughs> Just me and you, then, Neil. Do you get? I, like, I get people's frustrations a, a little bit, but I do think January is never the, the the greatest time to buy anyway. Although this January, is generally for Premier League teams, it's felt quite wild, mainly because of because of Chelsea and they're signing players on seventeen-year contracts for a hundred million and things like that. So yeah, maybe it's, that that's changing a little bit. But I do just think if the if the right player's not there, I do feel kind of at, at ease with what we're doing. But like we've said, it's just a striker for the forward position that that feels very very light.
1: It does, yeah, and uh, it's like, like to be honest with you, then I would take a, like if we were to get a twelve o'clock breaking news, Aston Villa have recalled Keenan Davis from his loan Watford. I'd be happy because at the end of the day, it's a body in that in 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 that area, you know. Look, I, ideally, we're not. I would say, but then would you say
3: that the, those minutes should probably be given to Duran if we got Keenan Davis. Those those minutes that. You would give i should probably be given to Duran at this point, shouldn't that? That
1: that is true. That is true. I think, but what I think would do from an extra body in the twenty. So we've got we've got twenty three out. Oh, we've got twenty three players, senior players that we can. Uh, twenty two actually, because Kane Kessler Hayden doesn't doesn't uh, count towards it because he's a considered homegrown player under the age of twenty one. So he's a free player within our squad. So we've twenty two players that that count towards our twenty five squads uh number, uh Premier League squad number. So I was just thinking like Keenan Davis comes back, he's 24, doesn't count as a as a free player, so he would be somebody that'll come in there. But like if a team let's say there's another comment in the in the um in, in the comments there that says let's say Leon rip up uh Musa Dembele's contract. Can we sign him? Yes we can. We can sign any player uh outside of the tra- as long as his contract is is I think it's as long as his contract is torn up before Today, Is it today? It? It
3: yeah, he to would have to be before the deadline. I believe before
1: the deadline, uh, and he becomes a free agent. You could sign him outside the free agent.
3: It it's... It's... yeah, uh, he uh, he's one that feels a little bit like a missed opportunity to me because he's a good, he's a good forward player. He's he's, yeah. he's a good striker. Dembele he kind of fits, he, he's always struck me as someone who'd be a good Premier League striker. Yeah, well, that's what, what Edward Edward's the same, a little bit the same. Obviously, he's come from Celtic as well at Palace, and he's not really hit the heights. Maybe thought he would, but do you know what I mean? Like hit the, those two players, you always thought. They'll come to the Premier League and, and do and well surprised with Dembele, Dembele went
0: to done Leon. It. He's, done it, he's done he's done it in a top league as well. I know Edouard did it in Celtic and Dembele did it at Celtic, but Dembele's gone to Celtic uh, gone to Lyon and, and done well, had it you know, maybe eighteen good months and then the last eighteen months has not been mm. as good. But he's still waiting he's, for the summer, isn't he? I think yeah, at yeah. this point.
3: Because he's gonna have more selection of clubs, more choice. But it's starting off as well. Yeah, players don't players who've got six months left on the contract. They don't really want to move now. They might as well stay out the season from their oh, point yeah. of view because they're going to get a more lucrative, lucrative deal if they if they do. That, it's, it's simple as that. I'd have been disappointed if he'd have gone to Southampton. Yeah, I think that that would have probably disappointed me, and I'd be sat I'd be sat here now talking about that. Saying, why did Why did we not make a, make a move for him for three million or whatever the reported fee was? But as it stands, he's probably just going to stay stay at Leon, isn't he? Because you know he wants to wait till the summer. It's so it's- hard to get players as well. It, it, it sounds stupid, but it is so so difficult.
1: So some of the business
3: that's been done today has been good and it's funny
1: because you know you get you, you see on twitter and it's it's natural reaction and god knows I felt it as well at times today and when I t- sat back and I thought about it um, I, I kind of had a reckoning but you look at players that have signed for teams today like the um the ukrainian centre half that signed for Bournemouth did some cracking business today yeah. i spoke to, t- half- to tommy
3: Elphick earlier wow. and he was raving about that centre half he Absolutely is, he is about
1: really one of the best ball centre halves he, he's he would be uh, when when he was linked to the Premier League it was a mystery team I went our villa gonna pull something off here an yeah. opportunity cost big so money
3: big huge money but I suppose he's got a lot of experience 20, already five
1: million or something yeah he was destined for AC Milan it was it was just a, a consideration was he
3: twenty was he twenty twenty one million I think I saw earlier that he something yeah, like Thought, yeah, yeah. twenty one million, yeah. Sorry, but I thought it was, you said five. I thought you said five million then got out. <laughs> I was gonna say it's a lot more than that.
1: It was a lot more than that. And then they signed a guy called Hamed Traore as well from Sassuolo, yeah. who's, who's a decent player. But uh you also have Southampton who signed um that is that his name from Rennes. Yeah. I think he's a decent player. And they signed an app this they signed a guy that when he gives up football will be signed by the WWF to go wrestling or WWE to go wrestling. That guy uh from Ghent, the um Nigerian guy He's about 6 foot 8 Or 6 foot 9
3: and oh, I know the one you mean I've got his name I know exactly who you mean He's
1: 16 though. goals In 18 games I just don't know will he, tr- will he be able to move In the Premier League That's my biggest <laughs> thing With him But um, look So there's been business done but, but a lot of people Have said look Other teams risks, risks. They've,
3: They're risks They're risks They're not guaranteed successes
1: 100% Dan And, and they're who Those managers Wanted which is huge because Aston Villa, I know we're in a market or we're in an era where we buy players that our manager wants or will fit our manager's system. Just like when he was with Villarreal, like he would brought in old guys and I keep going back to it. He brought in older guys because they're the system and he trained them up to the system. Like Daniel Parejo, um, who played with QPR, and wasn't pulling up any trees in, in La Liga, comes on and plays well for him. Coquelin comes in and likes it. I always go back to it that Unai Emery will sign a player that he will fit his system more than he will sign a, more than he will have somebody forced upon him so let's see I suppose from that point of view and it is clutching at straws because we all wanted an extra player or two today. We all did but we haven't gotten it and I suppose we kind of have to search for the reasons why and, and I think that's very much one of them.
3: I really don't want someone for the sake of it, though. I, I've got I've got a thing about about this. Just you know when we, I, I could kind of understand it, Rob. But back the first season back back in the Premier League, I know this story is true because it, it came from from a player, and it's probably not the player that everyone thinks that, that it's going to be. So Villa were they were getting Silemani from Monaco, mm. I think he was at the time. That that was happening. It was all going through. At the last minute, the player pulled the plug, said, "I don't fancy it, actually. I'll stay where I am." So last second, Villa were scrambling around because they knew they needed a striker because. At the, the time they didn't really have one. We'd signed matter but by this point yeah. but we, were, we were we were very like I think Ghazi had been playing up top on his own in in, yeah. in a few games. So we needed a striker. So we panicked and we bought in Borgia Baston, and it's a complete complete. It was a complete waste of time. Yeah, he didn't cost a fortune, but you wasted man. Well, we wasted the goal <laughs> He did something, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was just a complete waste of a signing. We 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 needn't have done it, but because we well, some our deal that we were definitely doing failed at the last second we panicked i don't i don't want us to, to be doing that back then we were like we're on our way down here so yeah. I can kind of understand it we're not in that position at the moment where i feel like we need to panic we're not in we're not in a relegation dogfight i still you know europe is possible mathematically but i, I just don't think we're there i really i really don't think that, that, that we're there as a i think if we qualify for europe now i'd say I mean Probably we've won be five a year, be a year too soon in my opinion. We've won five out of seven. And uh, no, no,
0: we're top I mean, of the any, out of the last seven any, games. Like, any of the season you'd be like, oh well that that'll propel you up the mm-hmm. table. And we we've just like we're still not in the top half after after that. So for then us, you know, for us to think about you know, and this is me sort of looking the other side of it, you know, to get another to win another five games out of seven games would be really, really difficult, you know, it'd be almost impossible. And that's probably the only way we're ever going to get near the European spots, given what the other yeah. teams are doing. Because teams like Brentford and Fulham, Brighton, you know, they just keep on winning um, when we win. So it's a really, it's a really difficult, really tough league this year. So yeah, I, I saw, I do get that point. That yeah, from from my point of view, that I was thinking, you know, it's an opportunity we can get into Europe. We can, we can do something here. You know, it's a bit like the lockdown season when Grealish got injured. I was thinking, you know, make it, make a signing or two, and. To try and, you know that was a, that was the perfect opportunity to try and push on. I'm thinking the same thing here, but at the same time, I think it's going to be almost impossible to get to those top seven places, given that Chelsea Liverpool will potentially occupy those one of those two places or both of those places as well.
3: The other thing you've got to remember at the moment is that Villa have had a disastrous twelve months with Gerrard. Yeah. absolute disaster for a v- variety of reasons, so one getting rid of him that would have cost that would have cost the club money that wasn't really accounted for. They'll have had to have paid. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming a relatively hefty sum to get Emery out of his contract at, at Villarreal because I'm imagining that that wasn't completely cheap. Gerard, I'm not exaggerating here. The amount of staff that that man bought to yeah. the football club was yeah. like nothing I have ever seen in my life. So all a lot of those people have gone. They'll have had to have been paid off. So there is a lot of money that's gone, that's gone out in the in the last three four months because of a huge mistake in, in in hiring him in the first place well, I saw a huge mistake in hiring him in the first place you know it just it didn't work you know yeah. it's, 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 it's been a disaster manager appointments appointment sometimes they, they don't work out this season he wasn't for me at all from probably the second or third game I, I, I didn't really want him here but the club have had to fork out a, a lot of money to get to pay him off pay staff off and then get in a, a new manager and sometimes that kind of stuff gets overlooked because that will not have been accounted for at all now
1: no, absolutely not. Now, uh, and it's an interesting one. I don't know whether it counts towards financial fair play because it's not actually playing staff. Is it something like the lines on the lines of uh, stadium? upgrades and stuff like that don't count towards it but that's we, that's a conversation we, we, we couldn't we come day. to you
3: for these kind of mathematics i do yeah, not have I, the answer I, I i can't remember what the situation is there
1: but anyway regardless of that it's still huge money you know that somebody has to pay for it
3: and that situation was out the of closet. control the staff, it was genuinely
1: huge yeah it was absolutely huge there was there was anal- there was people analyzing the analysts from what i heard like there was actual quality control on the anal- analysts that were coming in and then when you look at it you're going we play exactly the same way every week. There is no in-game, <laughs> in-game changes. What are these guys doing? Like, how yeah, I mean, they to... control? They're overplayed, oh, you know. God. So, uh, it's so yeah. There was an awful lot of that uh, as well. And Unai he's come in, and yes, he does have his trusted lieutenants, but um, and and he will probably, he will probably retool in the back, in the in the support staff side of things as well over the summer. Um, I would imagine, as we spoke about in the spaces, I would
3: imagine he'd probably get his sporting director in um, or somebody in that in oh, that space. But, sorry to interrupt you, but when you were saying that in the spaces, um, the sporting director technically should be that he's above the manager. So it sounds, to me, it's weird when you I'm having a go at you, it's weird when you're saying Emery is bringing the sporting director in because the sporting director should be above Emery.
1: Well, no, I suppose really what it is is that that he would obviously want somebody that he can work with. You know, that would come in that he can work with. So he's gonna be I, I, it would be it would be silly in my view to have to for them to bring in somebody parachute them in and for Una Emery to not get on with it. And um, so that's why I my th- because we know it's been out there that that Una Emery has suggested the guy from Sociedad mm. uh to come in. And that was just my thought process on it. So I would imagine he's been consulted with this because maybe it's something that he said. He goes, I want to work with a sporting director. Um, I want to work with a, a traditional director of football, maybe not like Johan Lange That's that, that has a
3: different, um... it's very data led, and Lange, very very data Yeah, and
1: and and I think like you think it could be a case where this guy comes in and works and, and Lange stays, and maybe they re- find a, find a new position for him, or what Johan Lange has within the club stays, and, and and he goes himself because you know sometimes the demotion can be hard to take for anybody's uh, ego. And that's cool, too. I don't think anybody would would uh, would um, give out about that uh, if, if somebody was to leave for that point of view. But I think I think there'll be retooling. I think we'll go on. And, and um, as you said there, you know, the, <coughs> one of the one of the cool things I think that will happen over the next few weeks and months as well is that it was around. Am I mistaken in saying that it was around April? Or May when we found did, was it then when we found out that we signed Boubacar Camara on a on a, on a free transfer? I think oh, was it was may,
0: may. I think it was May time. I, think I don't want to say it
1: was? I think it was. But you know, we've got guys out there. We were we were linked with Marcus Tourette He hasn't signed anywhere
3: as I of he, as I of now. He may be going to buy it in the summer, I believe.
1: Exactly, but he's out of contract. So you know, until until he signs somewhere.
3: Yeah, Camara you know, was going to Atlético Madrid, wasn't he? If we that was yeah. it. were oh, that, just... that, that, that's one thing I will give Gerard credit for. We wouldn't have got Kamara without Steven Gerard, so I, I give him credit for that because he did, he did pull him in. In, in fairness, just all yeah. Blue, Blue's lost to, to Blackburn, trusty oh. scored in the hundredth minute. Sorry, I just
1: thought
3: i I mean, we're not in any position to be judging FA Cup runs in all fairness, are we? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. not, gonna, oh. not gonna give, give him too much of a hard time about getting knocked out Still of the FA fun. Cup. Still funny, though, yeah. yeah. Sorry to interrupt.
1: <laughs> no, but but and, and and that's the thing, you know. We might pull off another free agent signing like that over the next few few months. And look, obviously, it's not going to affect this one. It's really just now. The transfer window is closed for Aston Villa, unless something major breaks in the next twenty minutes or next hour and twenty minutes, which isn't going to happen. And um, we now need to look forward to see what what what's the strategy from here on out. Um, win games between now and the end of May. It's as simple or the end of the June, it's as simple as that. That's one thing, one thing. we've been good we at recently,
3: winning games, in fairness.
1: And, and and then see what we can do what we can do in the summer. But and and it sounds very kind of kind of silly to kind of say that that's what we now have to focus on, because that's what we focus on every single time we go out and go in the football field. But it really is, you know, it's what we we can't change what's happening in this transfer window, and we can only just kind of cross our fingers and say, when Emory must know something that we don't.
3: Yeah. Um, what do you make of the fact that you know, Greg reported this in, the, in in the Athletic that you know we were there was an interest from us in Jal Felix and, and Memphis Depart. What, yeah, what do you make of that? Yeah, it shows shows the ambition of
0: the club. And I think um I I think with a bit like Camaro, really, I think, and I suppose Diego Carlos to, to an extent as well, we need that higher caliber of player. There's no there's no point signing your Danjumas Jan, Dan Jumas and players like that who you know, are they going to be any better than what we currently have? Are they going to take us on to the next level? they, they you know, they, when they're initially signed, they may have a run of games where they play really well, but over the longer term, over the next sort of twelve to eighteen months and beyond, that are they going to be difference makers? And I think potentially that's what they're looking at. Um, that, especially in the forward areas, you know, we've talked we've talked numerous times, all three of us, on here on our own podcast about how difficult it is to find players in that that top half of the pitch, that top third of the pitch, sorry. Um, that that can make a difference, that can be elite or can you know get those goals that you need or the assists that you need. And potentially that's what we're looking at with these types of, you know, Felix and Depay who, who, who are proven players playing at the top level. So for, for me, that it gives me a bit of excitement for the summer. Uh, going back to, we'll talk about Marcus Thuram and players like that where, you know, might go to Bayern or you know, a bit like Camaro going to Madrid. You know, mm. these types of players who are linked with the top Champions League clubs.
3: Premier can, League's a big ball, isn't it? Even big if there's ball, there's big someone ball. We've got, the, we've got
0: the money. We've shown already that we can get these players. I think, um, I, I don't doubt for a second that we've not been looking at a like, kind of calibre play in January. Uh, I think, you know, 100% if Emery and Langer co could have, could have got those types of players in a January. They would have gone for it. They would have paid the money and and had no problem paying the money and and yeah. Getting I've been told
3: that the, the money was there. If, if Emory had identified someone who was gettable, there was a player he wanted. He'd have been given the money to do it. So that
0: that just shows to me that it just it just wasn't to be there. That they, they, yeah. they tried. Um, Emery's talked about the players that he he wanted, the positions he wanted to fill, um, and he, and it, it just hasn't transpired. And for it's not for a want of trying. So I've never I've never. You know, I, it's, there's not much nuance onto it, unfortunately. Um, but there's, it seems to be everyone's like, you know, you got one one side is sort of the
3: board of lost ambition or not backing the manager, and you've got the other side, everything's fine, everything's rosy. So that moaning. just simply would not be the case anyway. Even if I hadn't have been told that today, they're not yeah. going to hire Unai Emery and then say to, him, "Oh, sorry mate, we're not doing it. We're not doing anything yeah. in January." It's squad it, it, it and Paul Lambert,
0: like isn't it? Now, I don't know if you know the behind the scenes that Randy Lerner promised him funds.
3: Uh, uh, that's a different. London. That's a different regime, isn't it? But I'm
0: saying it's not. It's yeah. not going to happen. It's not going to happen.
3: It's not. Guys. Yeah, we're not it's that. We're not ever. that outfit now. We've we made some that, mistakes. Yeah. We've made some serious mistakes in the in the last twelve. Uh, yeah. A lot of mistakes actually. So I, I think. I think we're not. I think, we're like, not that kind of club.
0: And and Neil's point on, on the FFP, I think, is a really good one. Uh, he made up spaces as well. I think. Yeah, go on, uh, Neil. Look, let, tr- look at of that. I mean, he'll talk through the math in a second. But looking at the maths that, does it stack up? It looks like we're going to have a bit of headroom that we probably don't have right now that we will have in the summer.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. That out. all just that all stemmed from uh, the accounting uh, when we came up from the championship. Mm-hmm. The accounting would have came to reckon in May of 2020, and uh, with the financial fair play, the way that it's done, it's done over a three-year period. So. That that, So the the numbers are a bit skewed and and you'll have to forgive me in this that it it ranges anywhere from 69 million to 105 million was our liability in a loss and a total loss that the club made over that year. Now that comes off our financial fair play, the cumulative losses that we have to calculate towards financial fair play. And yes, I am talking about financial fair play having been the man that's tweeted ad nauseum saying it's a myth. But if you are going to play by the rules of financial fair play, specifically within the first three years of, of of your reporting when you're in the Premier League, which I think you have to. Um, I think there's actually a rule that says you have to do that so that you aren't relying on parachute payments when you go down. Anyway, the long and the short of it is now we're in 2023 from, from May the 31st, that $105 million or $69 million, depending on how it's accounted for, falls off our financial fair play liability. Mm-hmm. And that then becomes... As, as Omar said, it becomes headroom. It becomes an ability for us to spend more above our means then again. So if we were to start spending that now in January, and it's not anything to do with the highly inflated, it, it potentially isn't anything to do with the highly inflated prices that you have in January, but it may be that we just didn't have that headroom space to get uh, a lot of players in. And we just decided, you know what, we'll, we'll just wait until the summer and we'll spend like drunken sailors on shore leave. And, and, and I think that uh, that will never come out. We will never know if that's the situation. But I suppose what what would be interesting to, to look at is uh, if we did have a set of accounts or when the next set of accounts come out um, or if there is another fans consultation group, then a question like that could be asked because I think that's the only way we would ever get any Mm. In the information, but it's, it it's worth considering was that one
3: last way, wasn't there? I think consultation, yeah, it I think it was. What, but yeah. I don't yeah. know whether much information has come out from it.
1: Yeah,
0: about apart from the sponsor, which I'm, I'm sure we can discuss, which is um controversial. Mm. But on, yeah, on yeah. the FF, FFP, I think the other factor is not only that 69 million or 100 million, whatever you want to call it, uh, falling away, but also, uh, I think obviously last year, Jack Grealish transfer. I know we spent a lot of the cash, but in terms of profit and loss, if you amortize it over. The number of years of the contracts that we've had and danny's is pretty much break even now i think selling him 50 yeah. million given his contract length then we we've, mm. you know and then this year as well that which will come into it which is pretty much break even um then we're gonna have f- a fair chunk of headroom really um once that 69 million falls off uh, as sort of neil's talked about so mm. it gives us a bit of flexibility to flex our muscles financial muscles that maybe other clubs might not have as well
1: And uh I, with wealthy owners that we have at the moment, um, I'm not saying that we can go and do a Todd Bowley at Chelsea, but with that headroom, as I say, and after, I, I don't fully understand it, but Christian Perslow was pretty bullish on Bright uh, and Bournemouth when we first came into the Premier League. He said Bournemouth can outspend us like exponentially because they've been in the Premier League. They've facilitated those, those parachute payment rules that they would have in there, and They can go on, they can spend, they could blow 21 million on Dominic Solanke and 25 million on Jordan Ibe and whoever else, you know. Jordan Ibe. Jordan Ibe, yeah, absolute quality players, as we know, went on to do fantastic things with their career so far. But, um, like that's that's the kind of calibre of, uh, of of you know the Dortmund with only you know, sixteen thousand stadium can go in and blow that money in the Premier League. Is it that is it that big?
3: Like, I did not even think it was that big. It might might even be. Might I even thought, even be thought it was nine, it? nine. Isn't it nine thousand or something? I no, no, remember, it's but,
0: about it's about fifteen sixteen
3: thousand. Is yeah. it? I thought it was yeah. nine for some reason. I don't know where I've got that from. Nice people, yeah. nice people, but poor yeah. ground. Yeah, never from League yeah. level. But anyway, yeah. Lewis Louis uh, Charles said something
1: 11,379. 11, oh, the I said oh,
3: 9, no, right. maybe I, I thought it was 15,16. Fair I enough, wasn't far off. that is 11,000. Yeah. Lewis Charles just said something here which I would like to discuss. He says, I don't get the constant links with central midfielders considering we have Ramsey McGinn, Kamara, Louise, Dendonka, and a rogue with Surely that's one position we don't need to sign anyone. Anyway. I think on the face of it, that's probably true, but. Because of the way Emory plays and the way the way his system works, looking at that list, you've obviously got Kamara, Louise, and Dendonka who are purely central midfielders, and the likes of McGinn and, and Ramsey, they're actually more likely to play as as wide players in, in yeah. the Emery the system. So I think when we're looking at Gwendozi and saying that we would like him, if Gwendozi comes, I don't think he breaks up the Kamara and Louise partnership. He probably plays on the yeah, yeah, yeah. on the right hand side, basically. I would say in, in the Emery system doesn't it? And then if anything happens to Luiz or Kamara, he drops in and someone else comes in and plays on on the right flank. So on the face of it, yes, we are well set in midfield. But Gwen Doozy, just for the way he plays the game and and the, the way Emery lines up, that would have, would have suited us, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah, he definitely plays in that right, right side. That's where he's he's found that magic touch for Marseille. That's what's got him into the French team. That's what's uh, what's playing to his skills. His skill set under Argent Sampoli when he when he was there at at, at Marseille as well, and um, it's mistake. I'm I'm blanking on who the coach is there, but it is um it's it's where he's where he's found his form again. So I think that's for sure where he would play. Um, and and it's an interesting one because the man that he names there very at the very end, Iroquois, as well. Like, like if he keeps on playing the way he's playing for QPR, and there's no guarantee that that Unai Emery sees what we all see in him, specifically within the English game. But if he keeps on playing the way that he's playing for QPR, he has to come in here. and We have to probably look at maybe going, hey, Leo Dendonker, I know you're running the door with us and you're an international player, but you're free to leave. Um, And I think that would excite Aston Villa fans because... Young Tim is is an exciting player. He's somebody that we would all you know get our claws stuck into, like we have with with Jacob Ramsey, and and we would love for him to become a linchpin and a mainstay within that midfield. Because God knows he could be our next Dean Taylor, and that would be something that would be nice to see, wouldn't it?
3: Yeah, yeah, we'd all love to see an Ian Taylor in there. One, obviously, my favourite ever player that's put on the shirt. But for Aston Villa, and I've, I can't remember whether I've told this story on, on this podcast before it potentially have, but I'll tell it again anyway. When I was doing some work for the Premier League and I was sat with Chris Brunt, Chris Brunt had, had worked with Erobunner, and he said absolutely no doubt in his mind he's going to go on and be a real top player. So, you know, he's, he's doing well at QPR. QPR have fallen off the cliff a little bit since our former assistant manager, Neil Critchley. Went in there. They've they, they've not been as successful since since Burrell left and Critchley took over. I don't know what their fascination is with hiring Villa Villa assistant managers. I don't, I don't know who their next one would be. I can't I can't think of any other Villa Villa assistant managers. But yeah, they seem sort to of have a fascination with oh, with, with getting ex Villa assistant man. Even John Gregory managed QPR for a bit, and he was assistant <laughs> manager at Villa for for a bit as well. So yeah, they love a they love a Villa assistant. Maybe as Dino will go there. You know, yeah, interesting to see what happens with him, obviously, out of work. I and mean, Aaron Ramsey's interesting to see him going to Middlesbrough. I oh, thought he was That's injured. Stuff. Wasn't yeah, he injured. That, Yeah, he was injured, but I don't think he... I think because we called him back, I think people assumed it was a bad one, but from what I heard, it wasn't. But they've pulled him out of Norwich. I think if Dean Smith had stayed at Norwich, he'd probably still be I, there. I, I was they've
1: thinking pulled, it was They pulled him out,
3: <laughs> thrown, him in, thrown him to Aaron Danks. Aaron Danks is obviously at Middlesbrough. Now, so we've got two players who are attacking players, working with an attacking coach in Danks who knows that, who will know those players and would have worked with them before. It's interesting that Aaron Ramsey's gone there. Perhaps maybe a, a case that he could have been kept around. Cause I'd imagine no, he would have spent some know. fair time on the bet. He'd have been, on, he'd have been in the 20 man squad, probably a fair think. amount. Yeah. It probably would have been the squad,
0: but I don't think he would have added much at this stage of his career. In my opinion, I think, I don't think I watched him quite a bit in Norwich. Cause just cause Dino and him and uh, he, he's, you know, he definitely contributed and did well. And he had run a run of games where he assisted and, Scored a couple of goals, but I think overall his general play he, he struggled quite quite a lot. Um, okay, especially with the physicality at times. So I, I just don't know if he would have been. I'll be you never know. I can't say never say never, but I think it's better for him to go out and play under a Middlesbrough team who who are doing yeah, well. They're on the rise. Cameron Archer had, had a fantastic performance. Uh, yeah, man of, game, man. man of the match. Man um, of the match. And them two playing together it would only help us in the future. As well, if those two players ever get into the team in the future in our first team and the fact they played together in Middlesbrough will will help us. And if they have a good good six months now, then I think it's better. Better I, better better that they were out playing regular games than being on the bench for us, I think.
1: I agree yeah. with that as well. And Louis Barry as well is somebody we should keep an eye on because obviously came back from was it MK Dons, I think he was with yeah. and now he's gone out and loaned to Salford, drop down in another league, but that might be better for him in the point of view of getting meaningful minutes, meaningful games. Uh, Rick Barley says just the comment there that says Louis Barry appears to fail everywhere he's been, and um, I think initially might have been attributed to there was some things about Louis Barry about attitudes, attitude situations and stuff. But I think that uh, Swindon last year really kicked him into gear, and uh, then uh, MK Dons this season was was just a bit tumultuous for him. I think going to Salford is going to be a good move for him. And if you think about it, somebody else, I think it might have been on the spaces that we did. Um, somebody else made a, a good point that, if I'm not mistaken, Cameron Archer was 19 when he came back from yeah. his loan to Solihull Moors yeah. and see what happened to him. So you need the right loan at the yeah, right a, time. and it's A bad loan top. is
3: as bad as no loan.
1: Exactly, yeah. And and like Louis Barry, he went to Ipswich, that certainly wasn't his fault. Paul Cook came in there as the manager, a really good manager, but they signed something like 17 players. And mm-hmm. then they got rid of Paul Cook, and then the next manager came in and wanted to sign more players. So Louis Barry got lost in the shuffle there, and then he ended up with, with Swindon, played well at Swindon uh, to, at the end of last season. Then came back and went to upper division to MK Dons, and once again, just managerial, just like in and out of the team, played quite a few he's he, he quite a few appearances for them but it's um i, I suppose uh it's 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 meaningful minutes and 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 being played in the right system for him i think is what he needs and look salford it'll, will will should, should be a good test for him and we should really see what uh, like if, if he doesn't tear up trees at salford can we really start blaming the management or the system he's been put into yeah. again it would be it would be the next fourth time at getting him alone and if he's failed at getting him alone for the fourth time Maybe it's really hit-neck We need to look at from that point of view. But um, no, as I say, Louis Barry. I hope he. Te- I hope he tears it up for Salford and comes back because uh, you know there is a player in there somewhere because we've
3: seen him do it. The good news is there's always a December documentary on Salford that comes on Sky, like a three or four passer. So we'll get to we'll get to see a bit, a bit of his time there in the, in the documentary when that comes out. I, I like that kind of <laughs> thing. So I look forward to that. I think we're probably done, aren't we? There's six minutes left. I don't think the lights still on. on the line, yeah, the lights is still. Uh, Kate, Kate Warnes with his Alexa, he, he's he's there, ready, ready to go. I, I can't. A yeah, big, big, big sign of the Pedro Porro has gone to Spurs, and it looks like Fernandez is going to Chelsea now as well. So, mm. Big moves. Yeah. yeah, Navas is a funny one because when Henderson's back, surely they're both expecting to be to be number one, two, low and goalkeepers. I'm assuming Navas is going to Forest on loan. For, Forest, so scattergun, aren't they? Never mm. broke I saw sort of I defended him in the summer, but I've defended them as well. But they're but... literally Audi, Audi Chelsea at this point, yeah, just signing right. everyone from a different, from a completely different market for, to Chelsea. Yeah. But they're literally just a and half them. year, and half
0: year contract for Fernandez, by the way. Yeah, listen, yeah,
1: listen to this as well. So Fernandez was signed for whatever one hundred twenty million euros. Yeah. River Plate get forty one
3: million. You're wow. uh,
1: yeah. And whoever plate's record transfer sale ever is the thirty-five million sale of Javier Saviola at Barcelona.
3: I thought you were going to say it was the nine and a half million to well, to hang uh, out. Yeah. out to <laughs> it, it? You know what? No, so what? Fernandez, no. my,
0: um, I, I shouted to my brother there because when he went to Benfica, he said uh, he'll be he'll be playing for a Premier League club uh, uh in twelve months' time. You know, he. I think a lot of people were shocked at how. Cheap Benfica got him for, and why no other club? Fourteen were him million. For him. Yeah. It'd be nice. It'd be nice if Villa could do. You know, rather than spending thirty, forty million pound on a ready-made player, if we could just find a player. You know, someone from like South America or somebody you know, maybe from Colombia, maybe, <laughs> yeah. maybe a yeah. Colombian
1: striker <laughs> or something like that,
0: playing in the MLS, maybe. Yeah. yeah. It'd be nice, nice to yeah, one of those comes to, comes to fruition.
3: Hope, well, hopefully, Duran. Yeah, hopefully, Duran's one. I don't want to talk about South American players because I was absolutely shaken on Friday when I discovered that Ulysses De Dela Cruz played one game for Birmingham City. Do you not know that? No, I, I <laughs> absolutely no. I just saw a picture of him. In there, I, I can't even remember why I was looking at Ulysses De La Cruz on a Friday night. No, that says that says a lot about my life.
1: Ecuadorian David Beckham.
3: Why did, I talk, why did I even Google him? I can't even, I can't even remember. I saw a picture have of him I, in the Birmingham City show. I was like, what is happening there? Have I dreamt it? Did we, did we sign Didier Gath at any point? We did. Yeah, yeah we from did, Celtic. Didn't we? Well, from a free transfer, yeah. And played Chris a few Sutton. Games. Chris, Chris, Chris
0: Sutton. Did De La Cruz or Gath play for Hibs? One of them. De La Cruz. They both played for, play for Hibs. Did they play at the same time? I wonder if...
3: Like... Nah, that's I've just, ra- to... just got
0: a random memory of the Hibs beating Celtic and De La Cruz and Gath running the show. And then we signed him a couple of years later. I
3: don't know. I mean, we've head made head. some we have made some rascal signings over over the years. <laughs> yeah we'll be we'll be going through that won't we <laughs> well yeah well we're, we're going to me and omar are going to do it do a video either this week or next week where we're going to look at every signing Biller have made since they've returned to the, to the premier league basically a, a tier list i feel it won't be pleasant won't be pleasant how much money has, be, has been wasted try to think now just just before we do go a little, little bit of fun it's the most rascal signing that i've made in the in the transfer window what do, define, what? what do you define by rascal like in a good oh, way or oh, a bad way oh bad bad. there's not been many good good signings in a rascal way uh, Oh, uh, drink water. Drink water for me. Oh, what is? What a disaster! Well, Terrible Sam, signing. Simon. That's Darkins. not Rascal because he's not obscure. Is he? I want, I want someone like Delacruz, someone who... signing oh, right, okay. that we made. Oh, right. Simon, okay. Simon Dawkins. Yeah, that was that. <laughs> uh, that was out there. I still. Mickey <laughs> Balding. Gareth Bale did a Q, Gareth Bayer did a Q and I on Twitter. This was like before I did the Villa View. Before I did anything like this, and. Yeah, got to, I submitted a question on Simon Dawkins because Villa had signed him, and I and I and I messaged it. Well, have we signed someone now?
1: No, but we do have oh. Villa news. Lamar Bogart has signed for Bristol Rovers and.
2: Oh, oh I excited there,
3: Neil. There goes, <laughs> there goes what I said. There goes what I said earlier about maybe Bogart. I'll get. I'll get some minutes. That's that's completely out the window. But anyway, I tweeted Gareth Bale, asked him that question. And Gareth Bale replied saying, "He's a top player, mate. He'll do well." And every yeah. now and again, still. For some reason, I get bots liking that, liking that tweet, I get a notification about getting this reply from Gareth Bale saying that <laughs> Dawkins was going to be good for Villa. He, he was wasn't awful. good. He, was he good. wasn't. I good, mean, was it? I, 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 you know, you can't yeah. even say he was awful because I don't remember him playing. Yeah. He, I, no, he came on.
0: Uh, I can't I think it was QPR maybe when we won three two. I think he came on and, and managed to hold the ball up for about five seconds. and Everyone was like really happy with him. That's what. That's all I remember. Uh, that was the same. Was that the same window we signed Yacouba Silla? Yes, it was. Yeah, Cilla was yeah. a decent signing. At Cilla, the time. I, 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 I'm telling you now, Silla made the, the the difference. He I did. Think. He did. Shades
3: of Patrick Vieira in the midfield, Omar.
1: Claremont Foot, he came from Claremont uh, Foot.
3: Yeah, yeah. Right yeah. On. Random. Uh, on. we've teams. had some strats, some unbelievable signings. Well, there you go. There's, it, there's, some, that, that's pretty Samatta, random. Samatta, Samatta they, were, pretty they, were, they weren't even
0: League One, were they? They were the, the division below when we signed yeah. him.
3: Samata was pretty rascal of a signing as well.
0: Mm. Nah, but he's playing Champions League football, so I don't think he's still a bit of a. I think I think this is Silla is it more
3: we still bought in for £11 Salifu. million. It took, Salifu took a huge loss six months later with Somata. Yeah, Salifu. I,
1: I cornered uh, Martin O'Neill about... Well, sorry, not cornered is wrong. Martin, if you are listening, I didn't corner you, but I had to know what the story was with Salifu. And the look yeah. on Martin's face was like, I am not telling you the story about Salifu. There's no way I am telling you the story about him. But uh, it was a case of... He said that he was he was putting for fib. <laughs> and they, he had done his due diligence on him, and he signed him. And I was looking, I was there, you don't do your due diligence at someone in the second league in the Liechtenstein, second division, or wherever he
3: was from. <laughs> but, Switzerland, of, I imagine? It, it was, was no, it was, yeah, it was.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was Switzerland. But uh, yeah, Salifu was, was, was an interesting one. Because I remember when they panned to, to outside Villa Park, and the reporter was there, and he said, um, Aston Villa have signed somebody called Mustafa Salifu with Togolese International. And I think that's all he could say about him because there was no information other than than his name, I think.
3: Yeah, brilliant, brilliant chant. That's all I remember Salafiri for, brilliant chant. I think now we're talking about Salafiri, definitely time to go 11 o'clock on (laughs) Tuesday. So thank you for joining us. This deadline day, I mean, we've managed to do an hour. I'm not sure how we've how we've managed to do that, but but we have. So thanks for tuning in. There's 587 of you here at the moment. We're hoping that Villa were going to sign someone. Obviously, that hasn't happened. But as I said earlier, the day got off to a bad start when I arrived at Sky and they said they weren't sending a reporter to Bodymore Heath. That that told me at the start of the day Villa aren't going to do anything. So it's not been a surprise. But here we go. We've discussed it. I feel, you know, I feel, I feel all right about it. I think you two do as well. There's some people in the comments that don't, but that's life, I suppose. But yeah, let, let's go. So we'll be back in the week with the Stato show and then the preview show as well. And then, of course, a post-match pint. After the Leicester game. Looking forward to getting back to Villa Park on Saturday yeah. because it feels like hasn't probably hasn't been that long, but for some reason it feels like it, it, it's been a while. It's probably been three or four weeks, hasn't it, since we last had a home game. So looking forward to getting back to Villa Park at the weekend. Have a good rest of the night. I mean have a good sleep, basically. At this point, thanks to Omar and Neil for joining me. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And as always, up the villa. Up the villa. <laughs>